everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of the Inkwell Gamers podcast. The big two zero. The big two zero. And before we even get started, we just want to thank you guys for your patience. We know we normally get our podcast episodes out on Thursdays, but unfortunately, if you can't tell still that I got really sick this week, so um, we apologize for the delay, but as a... Uh, makeup, you'll get two episodes this week. So um, what we're going to do today is continue with our set review of Rise of the Floodborne. We have Sapphire, and then later this week we'll do our steal at our normal day. So before we get started, let's go over our usual grades that we use for our set reviews. Dalton, do you want to run us through it? Okay, yeah, let's do this real quick. S's, they are the best cards in the set in that color. You'll probably play four of them in every single deck of that color you play in. Rapunzel, Gifted with Healing, is a really good example of this. A's, these are cards that are extremely good. They might not fit into every archetype, though, so maybe Stitch Rockstar. They could also be cards that are really powerful that really want you to do a specific archetype and kind of only that archetype. So maybe something like the Big Elsa. Mm -hmm. Then we have Bs, which are cards that you'll end up just playing a lot of because they're cheap and inkable and kind of flexible in that way. So the mini mouses from the first set, pretty much all of them, are that. Then they are also some of the stronger cards that aren't inkable or very flexible, so you're kind of usually limited on how many you can play. Mm -hmm. So, an example of that is Ursula Power Hungry. Love me some Ursula. Love <laughs> me some Ursula as well. Then we have Cs. These are cards that uh, you might play in some archetypes, but generally aren't that powerful. Dinglehopper. Dinglehopper is a good example of that. And then we have Ds, which are mostly unplayable and healing glow is the number one card for that number one worst card <laughs> <laughs> for sure still still to this day <laughs> still to this day it's very bad all right so jumping on in we're going to go through characters alphabetically first and then ending with our actions items songs starting with the first one we have alice growing girl an inkable three drop, a one four, quests for one, has good advice. Your other characters gain support. And then what did I do? While this character has 10 or more strength, she gets plus four lore when questing. I'm just going to go right into mine. Maybe this is, I don't know, too forward of me, but I gave her an S. I think she's going to be especially good in decks where you get a wide board going for obvious reasons, because obviously you can get her second ability pretty quickly. So S for me. I do not see it with Alice yet. I'm going to give her a B because I'm not really sure. Uh, I could see her being a C. I could see her end up being an A, but I'm just going to stick her right in the B just because I just don't see it. I don't think blue decks generally have a really big board presence. That's just not something that they do a whole lot of. Also, her abilities don't really work that well together, I don't think. Like, you want to get this card up to 10 strength, and then you just quest for 4. Those two things don't really... It would be 5. Yeah, I guess quest for 5. 4 more. Those two things don't really 
intersect well together because why do you need a giant 10 strength character if you're just questing for four that doesn't really make a lot of sense it's similar to pete in emerald where you get his strength up really high and then he quests for more and i just don't really see the the value in that and it, it just doesn't do enough by itself i don't think so a tentative b i could be wrong i could be wrong don't mind me side-eyeing you as I sip from my Alice cup over here. <laughs> my hey, Alice-themed hey. cup. I know, I know Alice is your favorite, but... No, honestly, you make a good point, too, because it's not like she has... I feel like we would be it would be a much different story if she had a, a bigger willpower, but you could pretty much... There are a lot of characters that could take her out, so... Yeah, she's going to be so easy to remove, and she could honestly just be worse than Mickey Mouse Detective. Yeah. So... All right, next we have Basil, Great Mouse Detective, a six-cost inkable 3-4 that quests for three. It shifts for five, and it says, There's always a chance. If you used shift to play this character, you may draw two cards when he enters play. I'm going to give this one... A C, sadly, I think. The more Basils we get, the better this card will be, but you really have to be playing, I think, multiple other Basils in order for this card to be even close to worth it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to give it a C. I gave it a C, too. I think, first look, I thought this card was going to be pretty good, but when I compared it to other cards with similar stats to it, like Stitch Rockstar, I just don't think it's that strong. Stitch costs the same... Quests the same is also a 3-5, so even better. And Stitch shifts on 4, where this one shifts on 5. So, and his, plus Basil's ability only triggers if you shift him. So it just doesn't seem as strong to me, so. Oh, yeah, and, and shift can, or, uh, sorry. And Stitch can kind of just go crazy drawing, like, 10 cards. This yeah. thing draws two sometimes. Yeah, So of course. Yeah, if there is a really good Basil to shift this on to, I could see it, but... I think we're going to look at the next two cards and see that that's not the case right now. Yeah. All right, next we have Basil of Baker Street, a inkable two-drop, two-two, quests for one, and has support. I gave this one a B. I just feel like it's a fine stats, nothing special, just average. Yeah, I'm going to give it a C. It's probably worse than Philatides to me, or you're probably going to play Grandma Tala over it. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't really care for it. True. Next we have Basil, Perceptive Investigators, a 4-cost, 3-4 inkable, that quest for 2, vanilla character, a C. I gave it a B. It's literally the same exact card as Maleficent Sinister Visitor, of the same color. So. Yeah, there's nothing special about, about this one, I don't think. Yeah. Alright, next we have Caterpillar, Calm and Collected, inkable 3-drop, 1-3, quests for 3, vanilla. I give this one a C. I honestly think the card would have been better if it was a 2-3 instead of a 1-3. But for those reasons, I'm out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But yeah, C for me. I'm going to give this one a B. I think that you have just a really cheap character that can quest for 3. That's really powerful. And if you have any good bodyguards or any way to protect it, maybe with the next card that we're going to talk about a little bit, then... I think it could be really strong. If this thing doesn't get challenged its first turn, it's quested, then you get a lot of good value out of it. So I'm going to go with a B. Alrighty. Alright, next we have Cogsworth Grandfather Clock. An inkable 5 drop, a 2-5, quests for 2, shifts on 3, and has ward, and has unwind. Your other characters gain resist plus 1, which means damage that is dealt to them is reduced by 1. I give this one an A, but I honestly wonder if I should have given it an S. I just think it's really good because... 
Most cards that have multiple abilities, normally I feel like you'll find one's good and one's not, but I feel like both of his abilities are pretty good. So I give him an A, tentatively an S. <laughs> I'm going to give him an A. I'm not going to give him an S just because I don't think he necessarily fits in every Sapphire deck, but he's definitely really powerful to shift on turn three. It makes challenging your characters just so much harder. And he has wards, so he's really hard to get off the board. So I think he's a really powerful character. But yeah, I just don't think he fits in every deck, so I'm going to give him a, a A. Okay. Next we have Cogsworth Talking Clock. Two cause thinkable, two, three. That quest for one, it has, wait a minute. Your characters with reckless gain exert. Gain one more. So it lets your reckless characters quest for one which seems really powerful, really, in just, like, one specific deck, right? Just if you're Ruby Sapphire with Felicia and Gaston and Maui, those are cards that you just like playing because they're strong and efficient, but giving them the versatility to quest when they don't have important trades to trade into, I think mm -hmm. is really powerful. So I'm going to give this one, like, a, a B plus. Oh, so I was on the fence with a BC. I think the stat line's decent, and obviously you would want to use him to shift to the grandfather clock, so that's why I was leaning more towards a B. C, because I felt like it was kind of narrow if you just were looking to just play him, but B if you want to use him for the shift, honestly. Yeah, he has fine stats and has a good shift character to go into, so yeah, I can, I can see your point. Next, we have Corella DeVille, Fashionable Cruiser, an inkable 3-2 quest for one with Now Get Going. During your turn, this character gains Evasive. What do you think, Dana? I gave her a B. I think she has a decent stat line and can challenge all of the one and two cost evasives. So, B. Yeah, I think I'm going to give this one a B plus as well. I think we're kind of done with just the vanilla 2-3 characters at this point for the most part. And I know this is a 3-2, so it's like it's basically the same stats. But the fact that I can challenge evasive characters like the new Minnie Mouse that yep. costs 3, Pascal, some of those cards in the, the more aggressive decks I think is really important. So uh, B+. All right, next we have another Cruella, Perfectly Wretched. It is an inkable five drop for three, quests for two, shifts for three, and has, oh no, you don't. Whenever this character quests, chosen opposing character gets minus two strength this turn. I gave this one, I gave this one a D. I feel like when I looked at other cards similar to her, the one that comes to mind is like the new queen commanding presence, which I think is just a far better card than this one. Both are five cost inkables who are four threes and both quests for two. So they're literally the same all there. However, the queen's ability is whenever she quests, the chosen character gets plus four strength and another is minus four strength. And then Cruella is just chosen character gets minus two strength. So I don't know why they would make the same exact card and then make one far better than the other. I, I really don't. Yeah. And I think that one shifts on two as well. It right? does. Yeah. So, so it's, it's even better. Like, yeah, honestly. It's just so much better in every, every facet, I think. So yeah, this one's probably a D. I, it's probably not worth the deck slot. Yeah, for sure. All right, next we have Duke Weaselton, small-time crook, a two-cost inkable one-two with ward, and a quest for two. 
Yeah, I'm I'm probably just going to give this one a C. I gave it a D. I think it could it's, be a D, yeah. I feel like it's exactly like another Sapphire card we'll talk about later, Noi, and I just don't think it'll see play over that one. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, Flynn Rider a little bit, right? One, two, quest for two, then just instantly gets challenged and dies. I don't like it. Yep. All right, next we have Gaston Intellectual Powerhouse. An uninkable six drop, a four, four, quests for three, shifts for four, and has developed brain. When you play this character, look at the top three cards of your deck. You may put one into your hand, put the rest at the bottom of your deck in any order. What did you think of this one? I think this one, this one's tough. If you're playing Ruby, then it could be like an A, just because shifting it on turn four is just so powerful. And you have a good Gaston in Ruby, obviously. If you're not just standalone, by itself, it's probably a B. I mean, the effect is powerful. It has a decent-sized body. It quests for three, but it's not inkable, and you can't really play that many expensive, uninkable cards. So I don't know if it would be better than just playing Robin Hood from the first set, unless you're playing, you know, Ruby, where you can shift this more reliably. Yeah. I gave him a C. I think although his card's ability is strong, I just don't think it's worth a six-cost uninkable slot to play by itself. And currently, since there aren't any smaller Gastons in Sapphire, you would have to choose another color that has him, which I just don't think is very versatile for you. Like, it might be a color that you weren't planning on playing, but now you're almost kind of forced if you do want to play him. So, C for me. All right. Next, we have Grand Pabby, Oldest and Wisest, an uninkable seven drop, three six, quests for three, and has Ancient Insight. Whenever you remove one or more damage from one of your characters, gain two lore. I give this one an A. I think it's really strong. I think it's especially going to be strong in like a Amber Sapphire, uh, especially with obviously all of the healing of Amber. So Yeah, I'm going to give this one a D. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> no, no, like I can see the power level of it, right? Like just... You have some Dinglehoppers, some Rapunzels, and all this other stuff. You can really gain a bunch of lore in one turn, especially if you have two of these. But I think in most decks, you're just going to play Hades instead. And honestly, to me, even in the deck that you might want to put Grand Pabby in, Hades might even still be a better card. And you just don't have a lot of room for seven cost uninkables. So I just don't see it getting played unless you're a really dedicated heal deck, which, you know, a lot of the healing cards aren't that great anyway. So true. Next, we got Hiram Flaversham. Is a four cost inkable, one sexy quest for one with the ability Artificer. When you play this character and whenever he quests, you may banish one of your items to draw two cards. What do you think, Dana? I gave him an A, only because I don't know if you'll see him in every Sapphire deck, but I definitely can see a lot of people building their decks around this card. Yeah, a actual item deck isn't super strong right now, but you have a couple of good items like Popsicle, which is super strong right now, and that can make this card worth it. So I just think it's it's really good. Yeah, I think he's going to end up being an S for this set at least. Just because I think if you're playing Sapphire, this is probably the most powerful thing you can be doing. Like, he just quests one time and you've already drawn four cards from his ability. That's just 
so many cards, it kind of makes the Gaston that we just talked about look <laughs> a little silly, to be completely honest. And drawing three cards, or, you know, four cards, or if you only have one item, you draw two cards from it. But you're like, under the assumption that you would have a couple. Yeah, I mean, even if you don't, two cards is still on pace with Rapunzel gets with healing, and that card was extremely powerful, and mm -hmm. still is. So this has a lot of upside to it. It's just a really strong card, and I think it's probably the best reason to play Sapphire right now. Yeah. All right, next we have James, role model. An unequable four cost. That is a 3-3 quest for two and has never, ever lose sight. When this character is banished, you may put this card into your inkwell, face down, and exerted. It is a bigger Grandma Tala that's more expensive. I'm going to give it a D. The thing about ramp cards is that you generally want them to be cheap so you can play them on turn two or three. <laughs> so you can... I literally have that written down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like... You don't yeah. want to play your one jump ahead or grandma Tala type effects on turn four or five. And then maybe you don't even get the ramp on this thing until turn six because they they just aren't letting you challenge one of their characters, right? Did you look at my laptop? I no, literally, I, didn't. I literally wrote, <laughs> I literally wrote a worse grandma Tala, uninkable too. And then the whole point of a ramp card is to get it into your inkwell as quickly as possible. You wouldn't be able to add this until turn five or six at the earliest too slow. <laughs> like yeah, I literally wrote this guy exactly what you're saying. On right the same now. page. Yeah. You might not be all the time, but <laughs> we, we were on this We one. were on this one. Yeah. This, this one's not good. Yeah, for yeah, sure. I'm both giving it a D I'm guessing. And F if I could. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Jasmine heir of Agrabah. Uh, inkable one drop one two quest for one and has I'm a fast learner when you play this character remove up to one damage from chosen character of yours I gave this one a D I think that one damage is not enough to make a difference and you're you're probably going to either play her first turn when she isn't going to even remove damage or you're going to ink her later yep I will also give her a D I think there was a Simba in the first set that did something similar to this yeah. and it was also not very good, so yeah, D. Alright, next we have Judy Hops, Optimistic Officer. An inkable 2-3 that quests for 2 has Don't Call Me Cute. When you play this character, you may banish chosen item. Its player draws a card. Um, I'm going to give this one a B. I think it's pretty reasonable. It's going to combo pretty well with one of the other cards we talk about later. Yep. But also... It is just some incidental item removal. Maybe you destroy your opponent's flute or fishbone quill, whatever it is. The card that they draw is usually not going to be as important as getting, the item, off the board. getting the item off the board. Yep. So I like it. That's a, Yeah, I gave it a B2 for, man, you really did look at my laptop, <laughs> um, for all the exact reasons, as you said. Like, it could be a way to get rid of theirs or a way to help yourself draw, so... Yep, I like it. And if it's not good, it's inkable. So, perfect. For sure. All right, next we have Mrs. Judson, Housekeeper. Uninkable four drop, one five, quest for two, and has Tidy Up. Whenever you play a Floodborne character, you may put the top card of your deck into your inkwell face down and ex exerted. I bounced between a C and a D with her. I just don't see there being enough good Floodborns to play this card, and especially because she's uninkable too. I don't know, it's just, you might just not see enough to make her I don't know maybe I could be wrong I feel like we had this argument for something in Emerald too so mm -hmm. I could be very wrong 
No, I think this is just like James, but worse because it's slower. Now, it is repeatable. It doesn't, you know, get banished super easy because it has five uh, willpower. But like James by itself is at least going to get something into your ink well, whereas you need some very specific cards to make this work. And I just don't like it. I would give it a D. Alright, next we have Nick Wilde, Wily Fox, an Inkable 2-4 that quests for two, and it has, it's called a hustle, sweetheart, is that what he says? I think it is. I don't know. <laughs> I think it is. It's called a hustle, something like that. When you play this character, you may return an item card named Popsicle from your discard to your hand. I'm going to give this card a B. It's inkable, so it's flexible, but it's going to work very well with one of the best cards in this color from the set. So yeah, it's inkable if if it's not very good, if you don't have a popsicle. So yeah, it has that flexibility. I'm just going to give it a B. I gave it a B as well, given that popsicle is considered to be one of the strongest items in this set. I can definitely see it getting played just for that synergy. So, mm -hmm. All right, next we have Noi, an inkable two drop, a one two, quests for two, and has hide and seek. While you have an item in play, this character gains resist plus one and ward. So this is the one that I said is better than the Duke Weaselton because, I mean, obviously you have to have an item in play for her to have ward because it's the same stats, but she also gets resist plus one from that too. And like we said, Popsicle is really strong and you're probably going to play it if you have a Sapphire deck. And so chances are, hopefully you would get Popsicle in first turn and then get her out. Boom. On, on track. <laughs> yep, I'm gonna give this a B. I don't think it's going to be played in every deck, but this seems like a much better Duke Weaselton and a pretty annoying two cost aggressive quester for sure. So I like it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even say my, I, I like a B minus. Yeah, B minus. Just cause it's contingent. You know? no, no. <laughs> Next we have Owl, Logical Lecturer, two, two inkable, one cost character that quests for one. It's, Another goon, BC-ish kind of card, nothing special. Yep, B, Chip, Archimedes, all those. Yep. All right, next we have Prince Charming, Heir to the Throne, Inkable 4-drop, 3-3, three, three, Quests for 3, Vanilla. I gave him a B, solid stats, Inkable, nothing special, but not too bad. I don't know. Yep, another Emerald Hans, the curve of Caterpillar into Prince Charming into Maleficent. Three, four, five, all three questing characters mm. seems kind of scary, but this card is just decent. Hans was good, but I'm not sure if that will see play now, given that there's so many more cards. So I don't know if this one will see play. It's probably a, it's probably a B. All right. Next we have Rabbit Reluctant Host, Inkable Five Drop, Four Six Quest for Two Vanilla. What'd you give it? Uh, it's a D to me. There are no shortage of expensive five-cost characters. I'd rather have the five-cost Maleficent that quests for three. Uninvited? Yeah, uninvited. I, okay, for real, I have this in my notes. We are on a same wavelength. We are today. on the same wavelength. I just don't like this one very much. Yeah, I give it a D as well. Honestly, I was going to give it a C at first just to be nice, but it really does probably deserve a D. And I have that. It's the closest to Maleficent, and I just don't see it getting played over her, so. Nope. All right, next we have Sisu, Divine Water Dragon, a four-cost uninkable character that is a 2-4 quest for two with I Trust You. Whenever this character quests, look at the top two cards of your deck. You may put one into your hand, put the rest onto the bottom of your deck, and any... 
order. <sighs> this card makes me sad, Dana. Why? Because I think it's going to just be worse than Flaffersham. Again, for a four-cost character. It's not inkable. Its stats aren't great. And Flaversham will have drawn like four cards by the time this has drawn one. So I don't like it. I would be much more interested if it said like put one of the cards into your hand, the other card into your inkwell. That is something that I think would have been really powerful. But it's just going to quest instantly, get challenged and die. And... At least Flaversham can survive a lot of challenges, whereas this cannot. So I'm not I'm not into this. You know, Ravensburger should call you up and have you design cards, because that's a good idea for one. Yeah, I know. That would be ramp, sick. Ramp one, draw the other. Yeah, like Sweet. they have all these like four cost ramp characters that aren't very good, and then they have some of these four cost draw spells that aren't that are decent like Flaversham. This could have been the best of both worlds. It is it's a legendary. They should have really pushed the power level on this one. Yeah. So I, I'm giving it a C. I'm like in... it might be a, it might be worse. <laughs> we can skip this one. <laughs> What'd you give it, Nate? <laughs> <laughs> or talk to me. I just, I mean, it just, I mean, when you put it that way, as you did, makes sense. I just, I got distracted by all the flashiness of it. Yeah. So. It's a card that looks. We can move on. It's yeah. okay. I'm embarrassed. No, don't be. It's a card <laughs> that like reads pretty well because. I mean, there's only so many cards that draw cards in Lorcana, but Flaversham is an inkable version of this that draws a lot more. So, and it draws as soon as it comes into play. This doesn't even do that. I don't know. All right, next we have the Knock, Water Spirit. A four cost, inkable, four, three, that quests for one that has ward. Now I'm going to give it a, it's probably a D. I don't know. I'm never playing this. I gave it a C. I feel like if it quested for one more, it would be better, but it just doesn't have anything going for it. No. Nope. Like, nothing's flashy enough to make me think good card, but... No. There are three ink cards that are four threes that quest for one that we don't even like. This one costs four. It's just not enough. Ward is not enough to make it good. Yeah. All right, next we have Winnie the Pooh having a think. An inkable three drop, two three, quests for two, and has Honey Pot. Whenever this character quests, you may put a card from your hand into your inkwell face down. Talk to me. This one also makes me sad because I like the poo in this art. I know. And I just like Fishbone Quill a lot more. Fishbone Quill can let you play six cost cards on turn four, and this one just doesn't have that kind of speed. So I just think that if you're playing it for the ability to ramp, it's just going to be a little too slow. Again, the same problem as... A lot of the other cards we talked about. I don't know if it's actually even better than Detective Mickey. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a C. So I give this one a B. I think, obviously, it's slower than Mickey Mouse Detective. But you have the potential to do it twice if they have nothing on their board to challenge it. Whereas Mickey Mouse is just one and done. And, like, yeah, it's coming from your hand and not your deck. But I don't think it might be too bad in some situations. I don't know. Plus it's inkable, has better stats, and quests for one more than Mickey Mouse Detective does. And I, I'm not saying it's better than that. I just don't think it's maybe as bad as you might think. Yeah, so the, the one thing about Mickey Mouse Detective is that he gives you card advantage because 
he's this character, then he gets an ink from the top of your deck, whereas this is just taking another card from your hand. So you're not really even gaining cards on it, which is another reason why I don't like it. I think if you were going to do this, Fishbone Quill is just a much more efficient and maybe more powerful card to do it with. But that being said, maybe you could play like two of them if Fishbone Quill is that important in your deck. For sure. Oh my gosh. Before, <laughs> I didn't even realize that we're done with our characters now. We are flying through this one, I think. Flying through. All right, so now we're moving on to our action songs and items. So first one, we have Falling Down the Rabbit Hole. This is an uninkable four-drop action, and each player chooses one of their characters and puts them into their inkwell face down and exerted. What'd you give it? I'm going to give this one a B. I like it. I don't know if you can play a bunch of them, but if you don't have a character, then you automatically just get to get, pay four ink to get rid of one of their characters. Granted, they get to choose, so maybe they choose one of their Archimedes or something that's on board. Yeah. So that might not be great. But it also makes cards like Detective Mickey a little bit better because the body is useless a lot of the time. So you can just <laughs> put that card into your ink well after you've already used its ability. And then you've got rid of one of your, character, your opponent's characters and you've been able to ramp yourself one more. So this has some play to it. If you have a, if your deck is like pretty good at keeping your opponents bored to one or two characters, I think this card would be good in there. You want to guess what I have in my notes? A D? <laughs> no, just literally what you said. <laughs> I have a B and I even said, yeah, although it's inkable, I can see this card being useful for characters who only have abilities for coming into play and aren't really strong afterwards, like Mickey Mouse Detective. Nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, I think I, I mean, I started playing an Emerald Sapphire ramp deck and I obviously love Mickey Mouse Detective, but I felt like once he got on the board and his ability was done, I couldn't challenge anything with him and get rid of, I couldn't make a favorable trade. Mm -hmm. And if I just quest with him, then someone's just going to challenge it and get rid of it. And so I was like, man, I wish I could just, <laughs> so yeah. that's you wish so you had funny. another, you, you wish you had another use for some of those characters. And yeah. this is another one. That is so funny. I'm telling you, we are like on the same wavelength. We are. Next we have four dozen eggs. It is a four cost inkable song. And it says your characters gain plus two resist until the start of your next turn. I don't know what to think about this one. I've been blown out by this one at League. I was going to win very easily, and then my opponent played this, and then I just could not get rid of any characters on their board. So that was really annoying. That being said, it is very narrow and really doesn't do a whole lot when you only have one or two characters in play, I don't think. So... Yeah, a lot of these cards, I feel like they want you to have like a lot of characters in play, whether it's Alice or this, and that's just not really like Blue's thing, so. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to give this one a C. I gave it a B. I think, obviously, it's an inkable song, and it affects all your characters and not just one, so I think that's what really makes it a B is it's not so narrow. I'm looking at this from the perspective of, as an Emerald player, I have a lot of high questing characters that tend to be a little squishy because obviously they don't want to make high questing characters impenetrable during challenging. And so I really like this card because I think it'll just, I could just keep playing it and questing with those Emerald characters that would otherwise be one and done. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, li I like it. So B for me. Yeah, this is probably good against some of the steel decks, but it uh, does not do anything against be prepared, which is probably the downfall of it. Uh, next we have launch. 
is a three cost uninkable action that says banish chosen item of yours to deal five damage to chosen character. What do you think, Dana? I give this one a CD. I think for you to take up an uninkable slot in your deck to deal five damage to a chosen character when there are other cards in Sapphire that could probably do the same thing, but also as characters, like there's, you know, by the time you have support and everything like that, like you could have, you could deal five damage and not have to waste a uninkable action slot, honestly. Yeah, this card is going to combo well with the card we talk about in a little bit, but I mean, we've both played with this card a little bit, I think, and sometimes just don't have an item and then you're stuck with this uninkable card in your hand and it's just so bad. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like the thing about Flavorsham is that you can at least play it and then it sits in a play until you find an item that you can quest and instantly draw two cards. This one just kind of rots in your hand and... Uh, yeah, it's just not very good. It's so slow. Yeah, I agree. All right, next we have Nothing to Hide. This is an inkable one-drop action where each opponent reveals their hand and draws a card. What do you think? I think it's a D. Oh. <laughs> yep. Again, there's a one-cost card from the first set that is very similar to this, but you look at the top two cards of your deck and you pick one, and I think that card's better. I don't, there's not really a lot of value in seeing your opponent's hand in the first couple turns because you're just trying to enact your game plan now. Maybe being able to see a be prepared later in the game or something like that could be useful, but you can't really interact with what your opponent is doing in the first couple turns that well Yeah. anyway. Like, if they want to shift up Rockstar, then like they're, they're probably going to be able to do it. There's nothing you could do about it. And I think there's another, again, we're going to get to it. Popsicle is a much better card than than this, I think. I gave it a B. I thought of it not as an early game thing, but as a late game. I feel like there are points in games where I have enough, I have a couple extra ink to play one of my higher cost characters, but not enough to play like a lower, like, so I, I end up having turns where I don't use all my ink. And I feel like that, this would be a, pretty good to just take a little peek and if not it's ink early in the game like if you see it early in the game and you don't want to hold on to it ink it if you get it later and you have a couple ink in your turn to spare eh, use it peek it peek 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 yeah i think the the other emerald card i'm blanking on its name but like i think that's just a lot more powerful to look at the top two cards of your deck because it kind of enables you to find a card that you're looking for a little easier, whereas this one doesn't really help you in that as much. Like, you're just cycling, but looking at the top two cards, you actually get some selection with it, so I think it's a little more powerful. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever play that one. We got Fang Crossbow. It is an inkable three-cost item with careful aim. It has two and exert. Chosen character gets minus two strength this turn. It has stay back. You exert this, banish this item, banish chosen dragon character. If the dragon meta is uh, in full force, this might be a good tech card, but I I mean, people have to have a lot of dragons in their deck for this to be good. I and mean, they're all, like, the ones that we have aren't in the same color. Like, yeah, you have I mean, the Ruby Maleficent, and then you have the Sapphire Sisu. Yeah, I mean, the, like, Poisoned Apple yeah. and Ruby didn't see any play. I feel like there's much... A lot more targets for that. 
So, yeah, I just don't think this card's very good. What's your grade? D? D. I gave it an F. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeling brutal. Rough. All right, next we have Gumbo Pot. Inkable 2 drop item, where it has the ability the best I've ever tasted. You exert this item and remove one damage each from up to two chosen characters. <sighs> I gave this one a C. I just don't think it does enough healing to really be featured in every Sapphire deck, but it is an item. You can trigger its ability every turn, and it's cheap and inkable. So I don't know. Maybe it should be a B, but I have it as a C. I just, I don't know. I just don't think it's as impactful for me to have given it a B. I think you have to be in the Grand Pabby deck to play this one, but that being said, I'm just going to give it a D. I don't think it does enough by itself so yeah it's not a very good card i don't think all right next we have marisa's workshop which is a three cost uninkable item as looking for this whenever you play another item you may pay one to draw a card this is probably a c but it is one i definitely want to try out this is the exact card that the item deck that I tried to make work so hard during the first chapter. You did. Yeah, it's that so that hard. was the one. I tried trying to make that one work so hard, and this is uh, just another payoff. This with Flavorsham and Popsicle, which is coming up. And Maurice. Maurice and Ariel, who's a collector. We're starting to get enough synergy to maybe that might be playable, but this is probably still just a C. Like, it's so narrow and niche that you just can't play it that often, I don't think. Yeah. I have a C CD as well. I just don't think we're there yet, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, paying one extra for your items to draw a card is pretty good. And once you get multiple of these in play, you can really start doing some crazy stuff. But again, if this was inkable, I'd be much higher on it. All right. Next, we have Popsicle. The thing we've been talking about this whole time. Hmm. An inkable one-drop item... It has Jimbo Pop. When you play this item, you may draw a card. And that's Redwood. Banish this item and remove up to two damage from chosen character. A for me? I'm going to give it an S. I think the opportunity cost is just so low because it's inkable. It replaces itself. It stays in play for a lot of the other cards that are in Sapphire that want to do something. It's a cheap way to ready Ariel. It is a really cheap way to just draw another card with Maurice if you're doing that, or draw a card with Maurice's Workshop. It is the best card to pair with Flaversham, and I think Flaversham is going to be the reason you're playing Sapphire anyway. It is the one card that works really well with Launch as well if you want to add a couple of those to your deck. So this has a lot going for it. It's super cheap. It even has another niche ability that can come up sometimes. Maybe you just heal something in your Grand Pabby deck so you get that extra lore. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have other healing synergies, this works really well in those decks too. So yeah, I think, I think this is probably going to be the most important card and one of the best cards in Sapphire. So, um... It doesn't look like much, but I'm really excited by it. For sure. I kind of... I'm going to use a, a magic analogy here. All right. So, there was a card in magic. Its name was Arkham's Astrolabe. All it was was just a one-mana item, functionally. Came into play, draw a card, 
and then had another minor ability such as the popsicle does and that card is banned in multiple really high power level formats so because it's just too good it's just it's just too good it's just too good too flexible can enable too many things i'm not saying this card's going to get banned like it we're, we're just not at that point yeah but we're way way too early for that yeah we're way too early for that but this card has a lot going for it so i'm really excited about it for sure all right next we have sardine can which is a four cost inkable item and it has flight cabin your exerted characters gain ward d I struggled with this one. First of all, can we just acknowledge the fact that this is our first rescuers card that we're seeing, but we have no other rescuer cards this they, set? They picked the most important one. <laughs> For sure. Um, anyway, I struggled with this one. I am right around a C range right now because, yes, it only works on exerted characters, but it is an item that's constantly present. Obviously, if it was an action, I would give it like an F, but... Um, as an item with it kind of remaining present and you don't have to pay anything extra to trigger it like some items do. So yeah, it is nice that it gives your uh, Flavorshams or Maurice's or what have you wards so they can't be targeted down by removal spells. Yeah. But I mean, it's basically like a cheaper, it's basically like a dreaming guardian, except this doesn't, this has a lower chance of getting removed yeah, than dreaming and it, guardian. Yeah, and it has synergy with your other cards. Eh, you know what? Maybe I'll give it a C. Yes. Oh, I might move it up to a C. Hey, the first one I've convinced you to <laughs> go higher on. Hey, yes. hey, won't be the last. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're done. We're done. We killed it. Killed it. All right, well... <laughs> With that being said, thank you guys so much. If you have anything that we've talked about that you want to talk about, make sure you interact with us. Let us know in our Discord, on our video, on YouTube. You can comment on that, whatever. Uh, we will interact with you if you interact with us. So yeah, yeah, appreciate you guys for listening. And all we have left is our steel one, which we will release later this week. And again, thank you guys for being so patient with my sickiness. And then we'll be done with our set review altogether. And we're going to just jump in, starting to talk about how the competitive meta is for now that set two is out. We'll start to talk about all of the spoilers with the Inklings and how we think that's going to play a factor. And honestly, if you guys like the way that we do this set review, let us know. But we're thinking of changing it up for set three and doing a little bit more of a condensed one because this one, it is kind of cumbersome and long. So, mm -hmm. um, but if you have any sort of input, how you want to see our set reviews, let us know. But with that being said, we will talk to you guys later in the week. We hope you have a Merry Christmas in the meantime, and thanks for joining. Appreciate you.